Hi, I'm Derek Thompson. Does the news feel overwhelming to you these days? There's a pandemic, then there's inflation, and also this crypto thing. It's way too much to keep track of. That's why my podcast, Plain English, breaks down the news twice a week. Short, sweet, and surprising. It's everything you need to know with key insights you won't forget. Listen to Plain English free on Spotify. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Hold on, check me, boo. Hello and welcome to Morally Corrupt, a show here on the Ringer Reality Feed. I'm Jody Walker, and if you're missing the dulcet tones of Rachel Lindsay, girl, me too. We miss Rachel. She was is host co-hosting, guest co-hosting The View this week, which is so cool, uh, and could not join us. So y'all make sure to tune into that. Um, we miss her, but luckily we've got a pretty light. Bravo week. And even more luckily, I am joined by my girl, Callie Curry, to debrief the news of the week and the Real Housewives of Potomac. Callie, how are you? What's up? Hello, hello. I'm good. How are you? I am good. It is Friday. Excited for it to be Friday. I'm a little bit not excited about the news of the week. I was saying before we got on air, I'm just a little over Jen Shaw. It's like, she, to me, it's like she got sentenced and my mind is switched off to her. How are you feeling? Um, no, yeah, I agree. I'm like, I just don't want to give her any more attention. Did I want the Andy sit down? I can't say that I did not. But now that it's not happening, it's like, yeah, like she's off the network. Let's just move on. Y'all are going to have yeah. to recast, shake it up. Let's go. So there was like this idea that was floated, kind of officially floated, I feel like, that Jen Shaw was going to have a one-on-one sit-down with Andy Cohen, a la Teresa. Teresa did that, right? God, that seems like so long ago. I don't know. But Someone's it, 100%. done it. It's been done. Yeah. Um, was and it there was this, like, Jen posted an Instagram where it looked like she was, like, camera ready, and it seemed like maybe she was going to do this one-on-one with Andy. Uh, rumors were swirling about it, but this week, she released an official statement from Jen Shaw regarding one-on-one with Andy Cohen on official Ugh. Jen Shaw letterhead, where she goes on for paragraphs once again about how... You know, she asked Judge Stein, Judge Stein to see her as the real Jen Shaw and not the fictionalized version of her that's portrayed on Bravo, which is just such bullshit. Like, everyone says that it is real. Like, that's the whole thing. It's the real housewives. Like, they can't make you someone that you're not. They can edit you in a bad way. But this idea that she is, mm-hmm. like, fully playing a character is such a farce. 
She goes on and on about it and she ends it. And she says that like Bravo wasn't going to let her be her full self and not portray these fictionalized storylines in the one-on-one. So she's not doing it. And she ends it by saying, too many people have been hurt by my actions and my inability to control my own narrative. I'm sorry, that's what hurt people is your inability to control your own narrative? What does that even mean? I I have to believe, (laughs) while while I would like it, I do think this is probably the first smart decision that Jen Shaw has made. Well, Um, that's true. And I think that a big part of it is Coach Shaw. I think Coach Shaw is like, I am done so you either play by my rules or I'm out. Because okay, where are you getting this idea, verdicts, Callie? Um, because I feel, I feel like, like I've heard they, people uh, say it. And at the end of last episode, they were like, something changed with Coach Shaw. Mm-hmm. And, I think that's what I, that's where I'm getting this from. It's also interesting, like Coach Shaw hasn't been fired. Coach Shaw seems to have like a good reputation within his own career. So I'm like, the fact that the women now are like, something changed with him, especially Heather, who was there. Um, And I think she made the statement that like, he, through reading all this and Coach Shaw being a lawyer, I think he uh, essentially found out that she was doing everything that they said that she was doing. And they're married, they have kids, and he's super religious. I'm not even sure. He might not even believe in divorce. I don't know that. But like that wouldn't be shocking to me if he didn't because how religious he is. So I could see him finding all this out and him being part of the reason, him being the biggest part of the reason of her pleading guilty, one, him being like, you have to plead guilty because A, you did this, and B, if you don't, we take this to trial, all of this is going to come out and six and a half years is going to feel light compared <laughs> to what you would get if you went to trial. So yeah. I think that's A. And then now B, he's probably like, we're done. Like, this is over. You cannot keep making this into something. Like, if we're going to work through this, if we're going to stay together, like, I'm not going to keep like subjecting myself to this and having you look worse and worse and worse. You haven't been able to make good decisions for the past eight years, it looks like. So if we're going to start like rebuilding, you're going to have to start making good decisions. And this is the first one. Coach Shaw is such a case for how far likability can get you because like he is so eminently likable. And the fact that he has not been fired, like his really somehow it feels like held on to his reputation. I mean, even me, like I despise Jen and I'm like, oh, Coach Shaw seems so sweet, which is also, you know, probably really messed up in some way. But like, it's really incredible how he has somehow remained sort of untarnished in this. And then even now, it's like he is sort of the hero of this story because I like what you're saying. Like, I fully believe that the scales are finally off of his eyes. And like, he suddenly, once, you know, they he saw everything laid out, he was like, okay, I guess I actually have to believe that you're guilty now. And I'm just gonna change the whole trajectory of this whole thing. And pleading guilty was definitely the right thing to do. Right, 100%. And I do agree with you that, 
Like, obviously, Erica did not get this benefit of the doubt, right? At all. But the difference between Erica and Coach Shaw is, I feel like if someone asked Coach Shaw about the victims, he would show empathy. I feel like we never saw Coach Shaw like reaping the benefits of Jen's money, ever. He was still driving, which we talked about multiple times, that it made no sense that, and this is before we even knew about the fraud scheme. We were like, why is Coach Shaw drive a 1997 type Toyota and Jen is in a Porsche? So like, there's like little things like that that make you feel like Coach Shaw's more of a real person than Erica. Um, Erica choosing to film and still act like she doesn't care about the victims, like that made it really hard to have sympathy for her and to believe her. Yeah. Whereas Coach Shaw's done the exact opposite. And even when Jen has been in the wrong, like he always is like, like the, when they, which was so uncomfortable. I think we talked about this, like when he had to present the check for 15K, like even in those moments, you can tell, Coach Shaw's like embarrassed and is just trying to do the right thing. Like he hasn't really ever said anything that makes me feel like, oh, that's not good. He even like checks Jen sometimes and is like, you have to control your emotions. You can't let people get the best of you. You can't show anger. That's not how you handle things. He almost acts kind of like a dad to her. He definitely does. and But he, like, what you're saying is, like, he's so emotionally steady that it just makes you sort of trust him and trust that he's level-headed. But I do like with this logic that really all Erica had to do to win us over and be more likable is, like, get a used Toyota 4Runner and just show <laughs> a little humbleness in her vehicles. That's what Coach Shaw's also really humble, I think, is like, and that's so winning. Once again, it's probably not fair. I I recognize that, but it's just like, there, yeah. there is something about him. One more Jinshaw adjacent piece of news from the week is that Andy Cohen went on Chris Wallace's CNN show, which is like immediately a mistake. I just think anytime that Bravo News crosses over with real actual news is going to be a bad idea because we have to like face the reality of the situation of what we're doing and consuming each week. And Chris Wallace kind of like held him to the fire and said, you're on record last November as saying that you hope that Jin Shaw would get no jail time. Um, And he asks Andy like why he would say that knowing that she's defrauded a bunch of people. And Andy was like, well, I must have said that before she pled guilty. And Chris Wallace was like, no, you said that after she pled guilty. Um, And it seemed to just leave Andy at kind of a loss for words. Like he doesn't even know what all he said about this situation. Did you watch this clip, Callie? I did. He did. Andy was for sure like not prepared for that question. Um, And you could see he was like, I wouldn't say that after she pled guilty. And Chris Wall was like, you did. And he was like, well, what was the context of like why I said that? I I don't think that Andy, like I thought it was fine. I just think Andy was, wasn't prepared. And eventually Andy was just like, I think I was saying that because people were asking like, what's her status with the show? Is she still going to be on the show? 
And Andy was kind of like, I don't know how much jail time she's going to get. So I can't really answer that question. I hope she doesn't get that much jail time or any at all. Um, And then Andy also told Chris Wallace, he was like, also, you know, when you get to know someone, you're really hoping that they didn't do this horrible thing to people. Um, And then Andy later went on Instagram and was like, just to clear this up, he said, he was like, I absolutely loved being on Chris Wallace. I thought the interview was really good. Like he wasn't mad at all about the interview and was like, I think he asked me really good questions. Like Andy seemed totally fine with how the interview went. And he was like, but to clear up, I responded saying that I hope she doesn't get any jail time when someone asked me about her status with the show, if she was going to be back on the show. And does, am I wrong? Does that context not make it way worse? That he's like, oh, well, I don't want her to get jail time because I want her to come back on my show that makes me a super bajillionaire and like, and like makes this entire operation run. I think it makes it seem worse. The only reason why I'm giving Andy kind of like a break is because I've also heard him say she's not going to be on the show and someone being like, why? And he was like, because of what she did. That's true. He did fully fire her. So that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then it I'm like, just seems I don't like know weird if Andy's context. like fully getting... Yeah. I don't think he's like fully getting what the issue is. But when actually asked a direct question on her being back on the show, he was like, she pl- she pled guilty to doing something horrible. She's not gonna be on the show anymore, essentially. So I'm like... Yeah. I just think he was like all mixed up and he still isn't really fully getting what the issue is. Um, but do I think he thinks Jen Shaw is like a great person? No. No. <laughs> Andy's vibe is so watch what happens live that I think he's just like extremely accustomed to just saying shit, moving on, and never revisiting it. Like he he does that show every night and everything has to go so fast. I mean, not that he's not like totally media literate, but... No, 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 no. Yeah, but he has full control. And even off of watch what happens live... He is the boss in almost every room that he's in. And like even these reunion shows, these women can't question him too much. Yeah. And he runs the show. They have to answer all of his questions. He doesn't have to answer theirs. And I'm sure there's things that they've probably edited out before because Andy's like, no, we're not showing that. Like the reunion, that footage that we see, Andy can do whatever he wants. So I'm sure he's just like not used to the the Chris Wallace dynamic and it probably like shook him up and even his response on Instagram. But I will give him credit of him being like, I thought the interview was great. I thought he asked me really tough questions and it was awesome. Like he wasn't trying to be like, he cornered me and now I didn't know what that question was and blah, blah, blah. He was like, the interview went great. I loved it. Yeah. And he was just like, this is the context. I should have fully understood what context is. And to be fair, he's asked about Housewives 24-7. Do I think he's going to remember the timeline of every single thing that he said about every single Housewife? Probably not. Um, The final bit of Housewives news, which I am obviously most excited about, is that uh, season 13 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is supposed to begin filming in the next few weeks. And huge news for me personally is that Crystal is returning for the new season, it was up in the air for a while. And apparently, word on the street is that she is returning with one of the 14 friends that she allegedly had a falling out with. And this has just been one of my favorite 
storylines. It's not really a storyline. I just think it's like one of the funniest little bits that's ever happened is that like 14 friends broke up with Crystal and we don't understand why. We Rachel and I asked her about it personally in our interview with her. I still don't understand why, but I think it's so funny. Um, Callie, do you find any amount of interest in this that I do? Yeah, I love Crystal on the show just because she's a different personality. Um, like we've, I think we've talked about this on this show, but you know, I think every Housewife franchise has to have like different pieces. And even though I don't think she brings like the best drama, I think she's just a good piece to the group, especially like being out of the Fox Force Five. Like it's nice to have someone else on the other side. And I will say this season, she really stood up for herself, um, especially in Aspen. So I'm happy. And I think she's smart. I think I'm happy to have her back. I'm wondering if one of the 14 friends is now friends with her again, or if she's coming on as an enemy. Um, And I just also agree with you that I think it's weird that there's an exact number of friends. Well, and Crystal did refute that when we talked to her. She was like, you know, it was like, that was just some number that they picked. But I I don't know. Maybe it is 14. I think it's like much funnier and interesting if it is. (laughs) And to like get some insight into that, you're that's like a great point as I just assumed she was coming on with Crystal and either they're kind of frenemies or they've made up. But I can't remember who... It's Kyle, I think, who brought up Mm -hmm. the 14 friends. And like, what if Kyle's messy ass is bringing this friend Mm -hmm. on? Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. Um, So it will be interesting because Kyle is, she, Kyle made sure to say like, I'm still friends with some of those 14 women. And Devin is, producer Devin is pointing out that it will also be great to have Rob back. Love Rob. Great, great house husband. Mm -hmm. Also very relatable. Um, and to have her house back. I love her house. She's a great house. She has a great, like, original statement Beverly Hills things. Like, she is she is mm-hmm. kind of like a throwback housewife in that way. And speaking of throwback housewives, it's time to move on to the Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm very excited... This is like taking a field trip for me. I have been down in the snowy pits (laughs) of hell with Salt Lake City. But, you know, I have to admit right off the top that I haven't been keeping up with Potomac this season. And that's on me because I love Potomac. But it was like I got behind at the beginning and then I wasn't covering it. Covering it. I was like, I'll just catch up on this later. But when I needed to step in to be able to chat about it this week, I swear that producer Devin was like, you can just watch this episode. Like, not a, maybe she didn't say this, but I thought she said not a ton happened. I turn on this episode of Potomac. <laughs> Karen is slamming her hands, saying, keep my mother's name out of your mouth. Sharice is there. Someone I don't even know is there fighting with Mia. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> but I loved it. Like, I've been keeping up with the memes. I know the Muppet of it all. I've been seeing, like, the editors help out Chris Bassett, showing him not doing googly eyes at anybody. It's like, I know what's going on, but I did not know this was going on. How did this episode mm-hmm. register for you, Callie? Was this, like, a good episode of the season, or is it was it was it nothing for you? 
No, no, no. It was a good episode of the season. Um, I do think it's interesting because there have been some episodes where I'm like, eh, it's not so great. But I think if you compare it to some of the other franchises, like you just had to, like you've been in Salt Lake this whole time and then you came into this and was like, whoa, there's a lot happening. There has been more happening in Potomac. And I think Rachel and I have just really high standards for Potomac. So we haven't been giving them the fair credit that they deserve. Um, But no, this episode was good. Um, And for someone who hasn't watched it, I'm sure you're like, Sharice, like, where did she come from? I knew she was back, but it was so startling to like actually witness her in the mix and just feel like I was back in season one. And... I understand having high standards for Potomac because it is such an elite franchise. And I think like that's what Mm -hmm. was standing out to me in this episode is watching some of these conversations. It's less the table slamming conversations and more the like calm, quiet reads where I was just like, and I love Salt Lake City, but at this point right now, Salt Lake City could never. Like they just... They aren't real friends like that. And they aren't real. I mean, to Jen Shah's point, they don't, they sometimes don't seem like real people. And the thing about Potomac, it's something about like that small city, or it's not even a city, it's like an unincorporated town. Like something about what the smallness of that place carries, like really keeps it all seeming just a little more authentic. And it does, you know, it always comes back to like, who's the best socialite, which I guess is what is going on here between Kieran versus Charisse. Um, it, it opens up, episode opens up media res. We're in the middle of this fight. It was so jarring. Yeah. Also the fight was great because of all the like, like uh, Ashley and Wendy's facial expressions throughout the fight, like could have been its own show. <laughs> um it it does seem like there is some sort of weird competition for who the real grand dame is. I have to say, if I had to put my money on it, I think Sharice actually is. I think Sharice has been in the circles. I think Sharice probably had access to more because of who her husband was at the time. Um it seems like all the other women kind of are like, it is Sharice, but we're not supposed to say that. Um, Sharice is the one that kind of put the group together. Um, so yeah, I do think it's actually Sharice. And I think that bothers Karen a lot. And the whole keep my mother name out of your mouth, which um, Rachel and I discussed, is just, she wasn't talking about your mom. So it's just a weird thing. She wasn't talking about her. She was not saying anything bad about her mom. So like the whole keep my mom's name out of your mouth like doesn't totally fly. However, it was very clear that Karen has harbored this idea for five years that Sharice did not come to Karen's mother's funeral in an authentic way. She came to be able to say that she came. And I bought that. Like it, it did seem like that to me that Sharice. But just, do you think that, I just think? Do you think that Sharice, like I heard, like I understand that part of it, but I'm also like, so Karen, you think that Sharice went to your drove to the middle of nowhere 
to your mother's funeral where there was no cameras and not a single other housewife went so that in five years she might be able to bring this up on a trip? But it wasn't five years. She brought it up at Candace's little one-year party, which was like a year or two later. And yeah, Still, I guess- a year or two later? There are, Callie, there are people who do that, who who do something nice just so that they can say that they did it and that they were there for you and can throw for it back sure. in your face. For sure. I know that that happens, but she specifically doesn't want it. She, she specifically was saying, I knew you were going to bring it back up on camera. She did not for over a year. Well, because she wasn't on camera for over a year. The second she got back on camera, she said it. That's crazy. Yeah, but I also think that if I, if we're texting back and forth about like us losing parents, I go to your mom's funeral. I come back on camera and you still don't want to be friends with me. I'd be like, I'm confused. Like, do I get no credit for doing that? Do I, would I want to throw it back in her face? No. And do I think that she should have done that? No. And I totally get like we've I think every single person in the world has received kindness from someone where you know you are only doing this because you want the credit for it or that you can, yeah, 100 percent So yes to all of that, but I just think the chances of her knowing that she'd have the opportunity to throw this back in her face on TV. I just, like, she hadn't been on the show really for a while. And it, when she did come on, it was like for very, very briefly. I just, I don't know. I think it has more. And since she's been back this season, she hadn't brought it up. She kept saying, like, why aren't we friends? Why, like, what is the issue? She kept trying to figure it out. That's why Karen was like, you're begging to be my friend. And she's like, I'm trying to figure out why we're not friends. Yeah, I think the stuff with Karen and Sharice runs so deep and is so old that everyone is sort of... Because I, I, while I sort of like under... I totally understand what Karen is saying and, and why she believes it. She also wants to believe it. Like, she thinks this thing is yeah, true. And so she's finding yes. the evidence for it to be true. That doesn't make it any less true. But they're all yes. doing that. I mean... At this point, Robin and Giselle are straight up writing fan fiction of what they think is happening between Karen and Sharice and just like spewing it as fact, just like saying that they know exactly what Karen is thinking. And I think some of it is true. Like what you said earlier is that Karen, I I think it's totally true that Sharice is the, there's a difference between being the grand dame of Potomac and being the grand dame of the real housewives of Potomac. So, like, I think mm-hmm. it's true that Karen is a little bit jealous of the fact that Sharice is actually this so, sort of, like, socialite who runs in these circles. Sharice mm-hmm. is very obviously jealous or hurt that that Karen is not that thing, came on TV, portrayed herself as that thing, and then became immensely popular. And, like, mm-hmm. Charisse just doesn't have the juice. She is so boring. There is, like, nothing yeah. to hold on to uh, when she is on screen. I, 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 I totally agree. And even in this fight, like, it's just... She's not, like, the type of housewife you want to see fighting. It's almost like, like, she was just like, I didn't talk about your mom. Like, she's confused by it all. Whereas, like, a normal housewife would take that 
and be like, yeah, yo mama, bitch. Like they would just take it to another level. Like who knows what would come out of Mia's mouth in that situation. Oh, I can't even imagine. Mia is the most unpredictable person in the <laughs> world. Like, if you gave me an, exactly. a multiple choice of what would come out of her mouth, I would get it wrong every single time. But what comes out of Sharice's mouth is she just starts grasping at straws, and she is, like, throwing everything against the wall. She says Karen went to rehab, and her friends went and got her in rehab. She starts talking about Yeah, by rent. the way, I'm like, is that real? I don't know. I mean, that was like, she she had some <laughs> facts lined up. It was like, she was citing primary or secondary sources. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Where did this come from? I haven't heard this. But if it is true, which we'll never probably find out, maybe at the reunion, Andy will ask her if she's been to rehab. I would love, I know she's going to say no. But I would be interested. I would be interested if, I hope he asks her why Sharice is there and Sharice can show her proof. Would love that. Um, even though, you know, I do think that, Rehab should be a privacy thing, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, where I, I don't stand feel on great that, about Sharice. I don't feel great about the way that I reacted to Sharice saying it, which was like, Ooh, yeah. "This is dirt." One hundred percent. But um, if they are, if it is all true, then I'd be like, "Yeah." So Sharice has been holding this in the whole time, protecting you. So. If she was looking for a reason to say something on camera, she could have said this a long time ago. And on an interview I saw on TikTok with Cherise, she was spilling more <laughs> tea about Karen, more tea about Kern. Um, on the TikTok interview, she said that um, it used to be like a thing that there was this like old black lady at bars that was always drunk and would like hit on guys. And Cherise was like, I heard it like, over and over. Like it was just a thing that people talked about in Potomac. And then I came on this show and she's like, I didn't know Karen. And then I found out like, oh, that's the old black lady at the bars. Oh, that everyone's talking about. Oh, that is dirty. Yeah. But I do think that Sharice, I I can't say from what we've seen on the show, I don't think that Sharice is a straight up liar. So I do think that some of these things could be true, including the rehab. It may not have been like a full rehab center or something. Like I don't know what the exact truth is, but do I think that pieces of this is true? Yes. Well, and like, I I don't enjoy Sharice, but I like the dynamic of bringing in actual Potomac gossip. At some point, one of the, I don't remember if it was in this first fight or in the later fight at the at a different dinner, that one of the, Karen was like, I can't even go to Safeway anymore. And I was like, why not? Like, why? what's going on that you can't go to the grocery store? Like, what is the local Potomac dirt? I mean, I guess I don't want to hear that Karen is like drunk in bars. Obviously, I'm really protective of Karen, but Sharice did say one thing that really made me think. And I mean, it's not like a big, it wasn't a big statement, but she just said, I've always heard that Karen is not a good friend and I thought I could change her, but I couldn't. And it made me think, I was like, what kind of friend is Karen? And we really don't ever see her. We we see her being a mentor a lot, but she doesn't seem to be able to hold friendships with the women in the cast who are like her peers, like Sharice or Giselle or even Robin. Like she can get close with the younger women 
who she she kind you know like I like Karen because she demands respect and I respond well to that. But for people who just want to be her peer or her equal, she really doesn't seem to be able to be friends with those people. Has she that? I'm trying to think who has she even been able to remain friends with? And the only dynamic to your point that I can think of where it's lasted a little bit is when it's like, I'm the senior, you're the junior and I'm teaching you. And if it's not that dynamic, her ego can't handle the friendship. But I do, I, I do love Karen. I love Karen. Karen is my favorite. That's why I'm like, oh my gosh, I will make up the craziest shit to stand up for Karen when like she is, you know, <laughs> like doing, being the worst, doing the most or doing the least, which like, you know, she's getting a lot of flack in this episode of like, everyone else has to defend themselves answer. and the things that they say, mm-hmm. answer for, you know, their sins and, and, and the things that they say. And Karen has these defense mechanisms. Like, it's always been like, don't talk about my children. Don't talk about my husband. And now it's, don't talk about my mother. Literally, don't even say the word mother. Keep it out of your mouth. I think Robin's right on that. I mean, I don't trust Robin. It's like, I, Robin can be right and still wrong at the same time. Because it's like... I don't, I guess Robin really is friends with Sharice, but Robin and Giselle are just always doing this, just riding this wave of whatever drama is being thrust towards Karen, then they put their full weight behind it. They don't like Karen, um, but somehow Giselle is like <laughs> somewhat like frenemies with her. <laughs> but, and Robin and Sharice seem to have like a real friendship. Like, I think they're actually friends off the show. Um, but I do think she's right in saying that Karen doesn't really have to answer for anything. Whenever anyone asks her, she's kind of like, that's my business. You don't talk about my business. But like, Ashley has to talk about having threesomes with people. Like, it's just the scale is not equal on on that front. Um, It is still weird to me that that before, or at BravoCon, everyone in the cast said that Robin was the peacemaker this season. And we have yet to see it once. We haven't seen it one time. And because, you know, I haven't been fully tuned in, but I've been watching what's going on. And then even in the just like previously on of the and in the previews for the next episode, it is just Robin holding up speakers, holding up phones, like bringing out (laughs) exhibit A and B to create drama. Like there is not once have we seen her be a peacemaker. Not once. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. And let's be honest, she's probably doing it to keep the heat off of her of when her wedding is going to be. So let's just go ahead and talk about that real quick. Um, Kelly, you've 
you've got siblings, you've got in-laws. How do you feel about the idea of going to your brother-in-law's wedding in Jamaica and then just deciding to get married in Jamaica the day after your brother-in-law's wedding to just coast off their destination wedding? Yeah, no, that's not okay. Not okay. That would ruin, that would ruin a relationship. Between who? <laughs> Seems like it would ruin a couple relationships. <laughs> if my brother got married the day after my wedding at my destination wedding in Jamaica, I would be like, what the fuck? Also, especially if he did that after being engaged for 17 years, I'd be like, you've had all the time in the world all the time and you want to choose my wedding i'm like laughing so hard i'm crying that is the goofiest shit i've ever heard like i think <laughs> candace was like okay yeah that makes sense okay like everyone was it was so goofy that everyone was kind of trying to be like yeah okay i i guess i can see that that's so absurd i think that they're just like i i mean it, if she's at least she's getting married I guess, but like, why even do it at that point? Just sign the certificate in Potomac, you know? Like, just don't even do anything in Jamaica. I mean, it's basically being like, we have the plane ticket, so we're just going to go ahead and do it. And do it. I don't know. I am thrilled, though, because as we see, their relationship is about to take a big spotlight on this show. And I cannot wait for Karen to shine her little spotlight on it. I hope that, like Robin, she has a literal physical spotlight that she pulls out as a prop. <laughs> to get to call. She puts her iPhone flashlight She's on. She's bring out that flashlight. <laughs> say, ma'am, it is time to talk about the blonde women in your life. Yeah, she's going to be like, you wanted to talk about me? Okay, let's start talking, Robin. I'm scared. I'm I'm so I'm so glad to be back in because I I think I'm just gonna start from here. Like I'm just gonna skip the other episodes. And then I mean, a, as much as I enjoyed the Jamaica reveal, which I thought was legitimately hilarious, like it was much like I can't believe what comes out of Mia's mouth. That is the last thing I could have guessed she was gonna say about her wedding for Robin. But definitely my favorite thing that happened in the episode is. Uh, Candace and Ashley's disgruntlement gets brought up. The, the best thing about Potomac is that I could have not been watching for seasons. You could tune in anytime, and the dynamic between Ka- Candace and Ashley is always going to be the same, which is that, like, they they have fun together, they get along really well, and there is always some, like, deep, simmering well of pain happening between them. And right now, from what I understand... That pain is that Ashley brought uh, her friend who said mm-hmm. that Chris was coming on to her or flirting with her at an event. She then brought that friend to Karen's event so that she could tell Candace about it, confront Candace about it. Is that right? Correct. And Ashley is trying to pretend like she did this out of the goodness of her heart so that Candace could hear from her friend. Also, previous previously in the season, um, Ashley had told Candace that this is when they were friends. She like was like, girl, I just want to let you know your husband DM'd me at like 2 a.m. in the morning. I wanted to let you know because I would want to know. 
if it were me. And Candace was like, he did that because he owns the bar. And Ashley was like, yeah, Robin told me that. So like, I get it now, but I want you to know that like, at the time I was like, this is inappropriate. Then she spoke to Robin. Robin told her, he was like, no, no, no. He's probably just asking you to go to his bar. And then Ashley was like, okay. She still wanted to tell Candace. So she's like, I don't want you to know, like feel like I was talking about you behind your back or your husband behind your back. This is what I thought, but it's all good now. And Candace was kind of just like, girl, you did not have to tell me that. You're bringing it up on camera, blah, 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 whatever. But at that point, they both were like, it's all good. Then her friend said, yeah, then her friend said that Chris was also trying to get at her. (sighs) Which obviously the producers have shown that that's not the case. So, but Ashley does not know that yet. She went on Watch What Happens Live. I don't know if you saw that, but... Andy asked, or not Andy, someone, you know how he reads questions. She got a question from someone that was like, now after seeing it, do you feel bad? And Ashley was like, just to be clear, I did not see any of this footage till the episodes came out, which I think that's true. That happens all the time. And she's like, I have not been able to talk to, or I have not spoken to Deborah about the footage. But based on what I see, like, it's not what Deborah told me. But Deborah still says that he did try. Um, I am praying that Ashley and Candace can be friends because I think that their marriage could run Potomac. Well, Ashley and Candace's marriage to each other. Right. (laughs) Of course, obviously. Uh, That's why... You know, I agree. Like, I think each franchise needs this, like, fundamental push and pull between two sort of equals, like, two people who can really stand up to one another, but who could also be, like, wonderful friends if they allowed themselves to do it. And Candace and Ashley are the ongoing... Well, it's all... The reason Potomac is great is because it has a lot of that. Like, Giselle and Karen are also that way. Ashley and Candace, but that's why this moment was so, like, just just dynamic for me is because basically, like you said, Ashley has been using this thought process of, well, if this happened to me, I would want to know. She says the re- she tells Ash she tells Candace at this lunch, the reason I brought Deborah is because if someone was saying that about Michael, I would want to hear it from that person's mouth. And I think, an older version of Candace from even just one or two seasons ago might have said something along the lines of, well, Michael's your ex-husband and that's why. Chris is my husband. So whatever. But she very thoughtfully, I felt like, and it felt really genuine. I was like, I feel something in my heart right now. Like I felt a little emotional at the way that Candace was saying it. She, She said it so calmly. She said, Ashley, I think, that a lot of the way that you think about relationships is because the relationship that you're now out of had toxic notes and trust issues. But my hope for you, honestly, is that you receive a relationship where you don't know need to know if a bitch is talking to your man. That's not what it should feel like. I don't need to know that because I know my man. And it was like, so well laid out and it felt like Ashley really heard it. I don't know if she was just pretending it. I think Ashley was like, you know what? You're probably right. Yeah. 
And I, I don't think Ashley had thought that before. It was really like Candace. Un- it's like when you talk about someone else's problem in therapy so that you can help them with it because they don't currently have a therapist. It's like it's like Candace had spoken to someone about this and was like, I am going to relay this important piece of information to Ashley in the genuine hope that it helps her understand. And so often on The Housewives, we see these like big and sort of like wonderful fights that are really entertaining, but we rarely see someone really learn something new or like come to understand something about themselves. And this moment felt like it felt big to me. Like it really, Candace really understood something and she helped Ashley understand it. And maybe to your point, they can now have a happy marriage and never fight again. And then, and I'm just remembering this, and the way that Ashley responded to it was she she did accept that information. She seemed like she understood it. And then she told Candace very truthfully, I think that the reason I do that with you sometimes is because you have hurt me so deeply in the past that I want. And she, you know, talks about... um Candace kind of like discrediting her miscarriage in the past, which was really awful. Like, of course, Candace has been really awful. (laughs) They've both been so awful to each other that it is such a farce that the way that they end this conversation is like, well, do you think you guys could just at this point over the taco bar, put it all behind you? Do you think that like maybe now (laughs) we could just forget about every terrible? And they're like, yeah, we could definitely try. It's like, that's not how things work. I know, but I really want them to. I I really, really want them to. Um, But every conversation they have, I'm like leaning into the TV, like, please behave. Please behave. Because both of them can go left very Oof. quickly and, and, and really spiral. Yes. yes. But I'm just like, please be nice to each other. I promise you guys will like each other. You see it all the time. Like outside of them actually having like a fight when they're just like, we can be cordial, whatever. I'm like, you guys always have the most fun together. We you're, see it like in You're around episode. the same age. Yes. When they're dancing and like everything is all good. I'm like... How do you not feel that and be like, man, I should probably just be friends with her? It's too hard. Ashley, if Candace had your back and you guys had Candace's back, who the fuck is going to mess with y'all? Ooh. That's why it's probably the producers that keep them fighting because they don't want that. (laughs) They don't want them to be friends. Like, this is the motor that runs Potomac as those two motor mouths. Like, they are, they're so out of control. You just, like, they do, they, they turn left so fast. And speaking of turning left so fast, the women make the mistake of going to yet another dinner in Mexico where they think <laughs> they cannot behave themselves. And like, it starts off okay with just addressing the Karen and Sharice of it all, which Karen is completely unwilling to engage. And really, Sharice isn't engaging either, which it's so funny when Robin and Giselle are just like, nyang, 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 like trying to get something going and no one will do it. I find very entertaining. But they're... I don't know. They're basically saying that um, bringing up that Sharice put the group together, they're calling it the friend group, but it's, I love when this trope rears its head on Housewives. Like, it comes up a lot with Lisa Barlow on Salt Lake City that, like, that's why she and Heather can't get along is because 
Lisa brought Heather in and then she didn't pretend like she didn't know her. And then Heather was more popular. And here, Sharice didn't even bring Karen in. She didn't even know her. And then Karen acted like she was the grand dame. It's all kind of silly. I don't know. You think these two are going to keep fighting? What's what's the trajectory on this? Yes, Yes, forever. They're never going to make up. They're never going to make up. As we've seen, it seems to just continue down this horrible road. Um, I, yeah, it's not gonna, it's, it's, it's not gonna go well, but I was, this part of the episode made me realize like, this is why Robin and Giselle won't get fired. They're They're making sure that, yeah, yeah, they really are. They're making sure that the shit happens that they, the producers want to happen. And if people don't bite, they just bring out more food. They're not going (laughs) to stop. They are not going to stop till we get an entertaining episode. And and we love them for it. You know, I do not see that dynamic between basically the two outliers, sort of like you listed of like, are we going to be friends with these people, are Wendy and Mia. Wendy takes herself very seriously, and I don't mean that as an insult. She's just a little more self-serious. I think it's harder for her to move on from things. And Mia is a complete complete chaos agent. And they somehow, at the end of this dinner, uh, get into a fight again. I don't know. Candace brings up something about like, oh, that Mia apologized to the group, but didn't apologize to Wendy for what it seemed was like throwing a margarita at her and nearly throwing some hands at her if she had not been it got pulled physical. away. It looked intense. Um, Mm -hmm. in the flashback. And I knew that this was not going to go well for Mia when Wendy said, do you know the definition of assault? And Mia said, do you? And you know Wendy knows the definition of assault. Wendy has been waiting to pull out Webster's Dictionary's definition of assault. 100%. Don't say do you to her. Like, you're just prompting her. And then, of course, she gives the exact definition of assault and does her sort of, like, scholarly read, but I I couldn't really make heads or tails of what was going on between these two, except that it was like another huge fight. Oh, I was going to say the problem with the fight is it's between two cast members I don't really care about. Right. And that don't really care about each other. You know, like there's not a lot of depth or history there. And like, I can hardly think of two more opposite people. They are just, I think not going to get along. This is like not a rupture that can be repaired, especially when Wendy ends the fight by calling Mia a gutter ass bitch, which is pretty tough. And then it's like, until next time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, and next time looks so good. And I will be tuning in. I'll be tuning in to Potomac. I will be tuning in to you and Rachel talking about it. We will be... So glad to have Rachel back next week. But Callie, I'm so glad I got to talk Potomac with you. This was just the best. We have now spoken about Potomac on this podcast. And then a few podcasts ago, we got to hit on Salt Lake. Um, So I'm glad we're, you know, being able to cover everything together at some point in time. Rachel's busy schedule is occasionally a lovely gift to us and getting to dip in and, out, in and out of each other's franchises. Oh, but we can't wait to have Rachel back. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to Morally Corrupt this week. And we will see, see you back here next week on the Ring of Reality feed. Bye.